0: It's the Loudwire Podcast once again, and my name is Graham. My name's Joe. Today, we've got a twofer, the second Loudwire twofer. We've got, first up, Jamie Josta from Hate Breed from Josta, from the Josta Show Podcast, and he's a fellow wrestling mark like myself and big UFC fan. Uh, we talked a little bit about CM Punk and his uh, delving into the UFC. We also talked uh the next UFC event UFC 210 uh Rumble versus Cormier for the belt. Uh Jamie will talk about that a little bit. And of course we talked about the tour with anthrax and kill switch engage which is happening right now. Definitely catch that. That's a sick bill. And you're gonna get some information about the new Jasta album. It turns out this stuff's been sitting around for a long time. Yeah. And then there was a little medical issue Jamie had to deal with and then he used that time laid up to get a whole lot of work done. Yeah, some interesting stuff that he's talking about. So because this is a twofer after Josta, you'll hear John Joseph from the Almighty Cro-Mags But first, here's Jamie Josta. So sit down and
1: shout!
0: All right, everyone, Loudwire Podcast, and we are here with Mr. Jamie Josta. What's up, man? What's Thank going so on, much. guys? Yeah, it's so great to have you here, of course, of Breed and Josta. Uh, just about to start off the tour, an awesome bill with Anthrax and Killswitch Engage. And, of course, if you don't get to see Josta, you get to see Code Orange, which is a sick bill as well.
1: Yeah, it's going to be great. I was looking at it like the pre-sales. It's, these are big places, too. Like, Anthrax and Killswitch are going to, like uh lc pavilion in columbus and they got a lot Mm -hmm. of tickets sold it's gonna be fun and for me i was like when i got offered the tour i was like well i don't really have anything new but then i thought you know what this is a good reason to rush out my material because i gotta stop with
0: yeah you put out that song with howard jones
1: yeah i gotta stop with keeping the songs on the hard drive i need to just get (laughs) over it and just release the shit because people want to hear it but i'm too critical of it and i like to work on stuff too long Mm -hmm. and so this was a good way for me to choose the songs that I liked and get something out and then have a little short tour on it. Cause that's the, the goal with Jasta is usually just to do really small places Mm -hmm. and just to do something completely different. And so this record, I was like, well, it doesn't need to be completely different. It can still be pretty heavy and kind of have the balance with the melody. And because Killswitch and Devil Wears Prada really do that. And Anthrax is really melodic too, you know, a lot of songs. So I thought, all right, this is cool. You know, it's, People are like, you're crazy. Why are you going to go and, you know, play 25 minutes and be the first of four? I'm like, mm-hmm. because you. I think in music, you're not, you should never be above anything. Like I have no problem repaying my dues. And, you know, those are venues that I would headline normally with Haypreet. And mm-hmm. so it's actually kind of refreshing not having all the pressure be on Haypreet. Like I can mm-hmm. just, I can go out and do this and we can fucking suck if we want. And it <laughs> does you know, it doesn't matter. Like, but the point is obviously to, you know, have this different, creative output and so I forced myself to finish these songs and I was laid up I was I had two like little minor surgeries and so I was oh, really? I, I was out for like eight weeks and uh, I had this like thing on my head it turned out to be totally benign it was just a cyst oh my God. but they were saying like don't because I had it removed years ago and it came back which was worrisome Dude. and they were saying you know don't uh, do any physical activity. Especially, don't be screaming, you know, your head off in the studio. So mm. I had to choose the songs that had the most vocals done, and then once this uh, little surgery was all healed up, I just touched up the lines that I didn't like, and was boom, sent it to the pressing plant. So I got nine songs on this album. It's called *The Lost Chapters*. I did it totally DIY. It's only yeah. available through my site uh, martyrstore.net m a r t y r s t o r e. I will be streaming it, but you know I want everybody to know like nobody benefits <laughs> from the streaming. <laughs> I appreciate that you guys are paying the nine or ten bucks a month for the streaming things, and I get it. But yeah, if you want to really help us, um, yeah, it's fractions of a cent. Yeah, right? if if you can if you can get the physical copy or, or come to one of the shows and and pick up the CD, that's that's a big help. So this this was kind of like
0: a godsend in a way.
1: It was weird because. I didn't really want that much time off, but then I thought, well, while I have the time off, let me do the other thing. So then I got like, I went in and I got some dental work done. I was having a tooth that was bothering me. And so I, it ended up making me go like handle a bunch of real life shit that nobody really handles when you're on the road. So many days, Yeah, yeah. you know, I paid all these bills that I had and, and cut down. Like I got rid of a storage unit. I got rid of a complete storage unit. Cause I was like, well shit, I can't do anything. So I hired a guy and I'm like, here, move this here move that there and we went through all the stuff and organized all this stuff and i ended up selling a bunch of it and getting rid of it so i kind of like uh just organized my life and was sort of productive during the downtime
0: i think that's called adulting yeah is that what it's called yeah <laughs> that's what the kids call that adulting Kidsies,
1: yeah i did a lot of adulting <laughs> over <laughs> because it, yeah. i think the havery tour entered ended in october and then uh oh and i was supposed to have a deviated septum fixed. i ended up cheating uh you know chickening out of that but because (laughs) i was pretty rough from what i've heard they told me don't watch any videos and of course i went and watched videos and i was like oh fuck but you know just going through that like going and getting the cat scan and they said then some one doctor i got a second opinion one doctor told me it would change my voice another doctor said it wouldn't so I started like getting worried. Actually, a, a vocal teacher told me it would help my voice. It would actually give me more airflow because I I was having a really hard time sleeping on the last Hapri tour, especially in the bunk on the bus and the quality of the air was freaking me out. So when I got back, I was uh, getting an ear, nose and throat. Well, we had this fucking exhaust leak for
0: like the whole tour. <laughs> exhaust was coming into the bus?
1: Yeah. And then we were having all these Jeez. different people come out and I'm like, like this is not worth it like fucking carbon monoxide coming in or whatever i'm like we're lucky we didn't all fucking wake up in the hospital or wake up dead you know like that's
0: some serious shit do you have any air purification system on board i don't know
1: what we i think we we asked the driver to clean the filters and then we had some specialists come out and try to fix it but there was a time there where they were all like they had everything dug out of the back lounge so just as a precautionary measure i went to see the ear nose and throat doctor plus now you're seeing like all these guys are coming out with like they got mouth and head cancers and stuff. like i saw oh. you know uh bruce dickinson and the guy yeah, from yeah, poison yeah. you know and they're both doing well thankfully yes yeah. in in remission i was so happy for both of those guys they caught it quick so i'm like yo check in there for everything
0: <laughs> you know like because lesson learned
1: especially back in the drinking days you don't know what you did with who and yeah. you know you're hearing these different rumors you're hearing michael douglas saying things and so, uh, yeah,
2: yeah. Yes, yeah, right? So oh boy. <laughs> I got that camera put
1: in and he said, yeah, your, your septum is like, he's like, this side, your left side is like all like, you can, you're not really getting a lot of airflow through there. Mm. So, but uh, yeah, so I chickened out on that. So if I get another, you know, I don't know, four months off, three months off, maybe I'll do it. Okay. But we'll see.
0: Jeez, that's a rough one, man. But we got that new song, Chasing Demons, uh, with Howard Jones. I mean- uh, I'm assuming that came about because you, uh, with Hatebreed, were on tour with Devil, Devil You Know recently. Is that how it came about?
1: Actually, I've had a song for years. Doc oh. Doc gave me the song, and when I when I had my uh hard drive crash I lost a lot of my own original songs I lost a lot of lyrics but then I sent oh, it out man. to this company in San Francisco this forensic like they open it in a clean room they call it and it's a lab and they they got a lot of my stuff back and some of that stuff went on the breed record last year but then like the more melodic stuff and the stuff that was just written by other writers um for instance Mark Morton who who kind of I guess he doesn't he co-wrote the first song. It's called This Is Your Life. Um, we were giving him co-writing credits, but he says, I don't know, man, I don't remember this song, but he definitely <laughs> sent me the song. Um so but, so it's basically like inspired and co-written by him. The song's killer. Cool. Uh, but so the, him and Doc, I found those two and I was like, shit, I gotta put these on the record. And the the album vocals are different um from the from the one I released on the Josta HQ.bandcamp.com. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was the demo vocals, which I saw some people commenting about those vocals. I once I was all healed up, I went and retracked. Okay, gotcha. Um, but you know, it's interesting to see because now with social media, like five years ago, whenever I did some of these songs, some of them are even older. I wasn't that involved. I never cared. Now I actually check my Twitter, I check my Facebook. So it's kind of cool. Like I feel like the fans in a way made this record better because I had okay. I had this like I had the first album, the first Jost album to live up to and then I also had like their feedback in a way which kind of helped and I knew Doc is a great songwriter. Like he's wrote he wrote songs on this new Body Count too.
0: That's a great record too. Yeah, oh, it's a fun God, record. Boss. It's really good. I, I just killer. had Ice Tea
1: on my podcast and yeah, and so oh, so great. Doc I was like, dude, is this song still available? And he's like, yup. And so um, I said, I got this bridge for the middle part that Charlie worked on and uh, we sent it to him and he's like, man, that that bridge is killer. It's kind of like a crowbar sludgy kind of part. So there's like elements of God forbid in there. There's elements of Kill Switch. There's elements of Kingdom of Sorrow and then me and Howard doing the vocals. It was just fun.
0: Awesome, man. We got a couple more minutes with Jamie Josta. I would love to uh, pick your brain a little bit uh, on some UFC because I know you're an MMA guy. Uh, Cormier versus Johnson. Who do you think is going to win that match? I, I don't should know. Say fight, I want not match. Right? I want
1: <laughs> Daniel Cormier to win. Yeah, but I feel like there's been issues with that camp with Luke losing, Kane's injured. Oh yeah, yeah. Um. What about the drama with Luke and There And then Mm. Daniel's also like doing so much commentating. Plus you had Khabib miss weight. Like what's going on over there? Like, I feel like if this was not his singular focus, if there's any distractions that could possibly affect the outcome, the last person you'd want to have any distractions before a fight with is... Anthony Rumble Johnson. I mean, mm-hmm. the dude just touches people, even with like punches that don't look at all that like a touch of death. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. people go to sleep. I mean, the guy broke Arlovsky's jaw. He's put oh. out everybody at multiple different weight classes. And, he, and he's, the I think probably one of the few who've already put DC on his ass with a punch. Sure. So, but I'm gonna say DC's gonna play it safe he's and grind him. he's gonna grind him and win by. Unanimous decision or hmm. submission. All right. If he can get
0: out of the first round, I think that's I think that's wise. Joe, you watch about as much UFC as you do WWE. <laughs> no, do I th- I watch more <laughs> UFC than WWE do because ya? WWE
1: is at zero. So oh. anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I
0: do have a fleeting relationship with it. I always rooted for guys like GSP. Okay. I think he fought Lesnar. He no. Was it oh, no? There
1: was a big who fight. DC.
0: Le- Lesnar no, and GSP never fought. No, no, no. no. Different two different weight. weight yeah, two. Uh, GSP's of? too
1: tiny. You're thinking of either Frank Mir, Frank Mir, that was, or the, Randy Couture. Frank Mir it one, was yeah. the
0: Brock Lesnar versus Frank Mir fight. Yeah, that's why I don't like Brock. Won Brock one I mean, and Frank won one, right? I think so. They fought I twice. I, I uh, see. This is where I'm a little dodgy. Let me, let me. Let I know l- that Frank smashed him. If there was a second time, the second time, I remember Frank uh, smashing him. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I think I, I think I'm right in line with you, Jamie, on that one. I think you know, but nobody's ever knocked out Cormier. If there's one guy who can do it, though, it's Anthony Johnson. And uh, but you know, Cormier's gonna play it safe. I think he's gonna embrace the grind, as the wrestlers say. Uh, I say Cormier, probably unanimous decision. That's yeah, my, sure. that's my pick. That's what you think that's too, John. unanimous. Yeah, All UFC
1: right. 100. That was the second one. Mm. Lesnar versus Mir, too.
0: Oh, okay. Thanks yeah. for looking that up. Uh, and last yeah. one for you. You know, our boy CM Punk, he didn't do well. You know, uh, I would like to see him back. Another fight, maybe, uh, you know, another guy who's just, you know, premiering in the UFC. You know, the one thing that you can't take away from him is that Mickey Gall has ended up being a killer. He's taken people out. He looks amazing. He really is. He'll probably be a ranked guy soon, I think. So what if you bring another guy who maybe is like, a? eh, let's see if this guy will make it in the UFC. Put him against Punk. Punk gets another year or so of of training. Maybe he'll stand a chance. You know, I'd like to see him back. Yeah,
1: put him against Mike Jackson, who lost to Mickey Oh, that's a great.
0: He lost. And he's
1: got like a little uh, MMA journalism thing going on. So he has a little bit of a name. Yeah. And uh, even though he's got more experience than Punk, they both share a loss to Mickey Gall. So I mean, it makes kind of sense. Or go to RFA, or now I think they merged RFA and Legacy, or they merged two of the smaller promotions and get someone not their champion at that yeah. weight class, but just sure. someone you know who's coming up unranked or or has a, only a couple of amateur bouts and only like you know one or two pro fights, and yeah, put them against them. Well, or put him in one of these smaller promotions and just do it on Fight Pass. But everybody just tweet mm. Dana White and tell him, give, um, <laughs> give, give Punk CM another Punk film. another fight.
0: Yeah. Because you know he wants it, but they got to make the fight happen. Yeah, I think the Mike Jackson one is smart because Mike Jackson lost quicker to Mickey Gall than CM Punk lost to Mickey Gall. CM Punk lasted about twice as long. Neither of them put in good performances, but, you know, that'd be an interesting one. There's yeah. a little smack talk between them uh, after the fight, so...
1: Yeah, who was the guy that used
0: to walk out to bolt thrower?
1: Josh Barnett.
0: Yes, that was it. Very good.
1: DC fought him and it was ugly, man.
0: It's it's usually ugly when DC fights. Yeah, threw him in the the air. Oh, those throws! Scary, scary stuff. That's great. Shout out
1: to Josh Barnett, though.
0: Thank you so much for coming by. We appreciate it so much. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. Listen to the Josta Show. Great, great radio show, podcast, whatever you'd like to call it. It's awesome. Look out for that new. Josta Record. Catch these guys on tour with Anthrax and Killswitch Engage right now. Jamie, thank you again, man. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. And we're continuing this Loudwire podcast twofer with another hardcore legend, John Joseph. And Joe is actually at the anthrax kill switch engage Jostas show right now. So he's not able to be with me right now for John Joseph, but that's okay because I get him all to myself. Uh, he just put out a new chapter of his book, Evolution of a Cro Magnon, uh, an amazing tell all book that is just a complete roller coaster of emotions his entire life. But he came out on the other side with one of the most positive and I think wise uh, attitudes. That I've run into in, in quite a bit, uh, so we're going to be talking to him about that, talking to him about these Ironman competitions that he runs. One of the most insane uh, feats of physicality that anyone could put their body through, and he's done it multiple, multiple times. You know, not just as an act of endurance, but an act of discipline, you know, and patience. I mean, I can't tell you how much I admire that, you know, from a guy who's run a couple of Tough mutters in his day and, you know, tried his best to get through those, made it to the end doing another one in May, so talking to him about that, here it is, John Joseph of the Cro-Mags. <laughs> Alright, hey everyone, Loudwire Podcast here, and right now I'm being joined by Mr. John Joseph of the Cro-Mags. Thank you so much for and coming And Blood in. Clot. And Blood Clot. Yeah, the new, new record, record, man. Coming out this spring, right? Absolutely. Well, coming out uh, July 14th. Okay, there's the official date we got for that. We got the song uh, up in arms already.
2: And you're hearing it that, uh, hearing it first, we're doing uh, the uh, U.S. tour with Negative Approach.
0: Right, yeah, I saw that on your uh, your Facebook that yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah. doing some shows with them. Awesome tour, especially if you like the uh, the old hardcore. Yeah. Definitely got to check that out. Uh, so that is one thing I wanted to talk about, this band Blood Clot. Really talented group of guys, Nick Olivieri, Joey Castillo from Queens of the Stone Age, uh, Todd Youth from Danzig. And I'm glad that we have a, a release date for that record now because, you know, we got up in arms not too long ago. Yeah. I'm just like, where's the rest of this record? Yeah. yeah. So it's great. About 10 years ago, you released Evolution of a cro a an uh, incredibly uh, emotional tell-all tale of your life uh, through all the ups and downs. And there's a new afterword that you've just written for this book now. Incredibly powerful, as I was saying to you before the mics turned on. One of the most powerful pieces of writing that I think I've ever read in a musician's memoir i mean i've read a lot of these things and you know some are good some are bad this one you know it hits you on some of the most deep deep levels uh, and in this afterward you're talking about confronting one of your various foster families um this one would be mrs valenti uh, probably would you say uh the worst of the of the foster oh, families absolutely. as a kid yeah I mean, when you confronted her after all these years and after all the different things you've been through, could you even describe it as anything close to something you have felt or experienced previous in your life? Exploring? Well, it was unexpected to begin
2: with because I, yeah. I was doing uh, a reading at Lo- in Looney Tunes, which is the next town over, and I just wanted to pass by the house because I never had since I left there. Yeah. And when I was a kid in whatever, 73 or 74, so it was just, I just wanted to go look at the house. Yeah. And, uh, the you know, the girl that was driving me, um, Stephanie was working with the book thing, and uh, she was like, are you sure? That's not going to fuck you up. And I was like, nah, I need to do it. And then, you know... I pulled up and pulled across the street and there was this old man watering the lawn across the street. And I was like, you know, I just got out and kind of was like, hey, you know, who lives in that house over there? And he was like, you know, Rosa. And I was like, I just was like, what? And then, uh, you know, when I told him I was one of the foster kids that was in there he like looked in in my eyes and then like dropped the garden hose and ran in he ran and like for yeah it. yeah because he you know I think like you know maybe whatever they they were expecting us to come back or something so it was really unexpected so you know it was on the fly I just was like, yo I gotta go knock on that door." And then Stephanie was like, "You want me to come with you?" And I was like, "Nah, I just got to do this, you know." Mm-hmm. And uh it's really weird they had all the shades pulled down and like it looked like nobody even lived there. And uh you know, when I rang the bell, nobody came to the door, and then I started pounding on the door. I mean, um you know, I I I don't uh then she opened up the door, and uh, I was like, I just noticed the mole under her nose, right. and I was like, that I made her say that it was her. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, is your name Rose? And she's like, What? Are you? You're like really nasty old lady. What like, the change, hell are change. you knocking on my fucking door like that for? Yeah. So then like she like said it was her and uh i just was like yo i was one of the foster kids in here and then the daughter came to the door and she's like you know oh my god john you know john mcgowan we were just talking about you come inside and i was like yo are you fucking in illusion like mm. that we had some good times here like i was like what makes you think i want to go into that house you know but it was funny because, like, the things you think of. The first thing I did was look to the floors because they used to make us sweep the carpets with toilet bowl brushes to get right. all her hair and the lint out of her carpets.
0: Yeah, she was adamant that the toilet bowl brush. Yeah, was it was these. weird <laughs> shit, man.
2: All the little weird shit that they made us do. So
0: strange. It was
2: fucking strange, people. And I and I looked to see, and then uh, they had parquet floors. I was like. Yeah, I guess because, you know, you don't got no fucking slaves here anymore. Yeah. It's easier to maintain, but, yeah, it was, uh, the anger was was there, but I was able to control it. And, uh, you know, it was, was, uh, I mean, I went and did one of the best readings I've done, I think, you know, afterwards, just because I was charged with that energy. Yeah. Of confronting them and telling them that of all the fucked up shit they did to us and how they made us feel like pieces of shit that didn't matter i was like you know i just wanted to confront her and tell her that she didn't win you know you didn't you know crush my spirit you know you no. and uh it was it was definitely heavy for sure and and, and uh I just turned and didn't walk back, and then I said Stephanie had the window open so she could hear, and I was like, I didn't even look back. I was like, what are they doing? And she's like, oh, their fucking jaws are hanging down. Because, I mean, never in a million years did they think that I was going to show up and knock on their door on a Saturday. Absolutely. Like, you know, whoa.
0: When you did and, the reading. And, and,
2: you know, for effect, I like had a fucking wife beat her on yeah, and like yeah. you know told him like and your sunglasses right? yeah, 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 yeah 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 yeah. and i was like she's like how are you and your brothers i said uh, you know since we got out of lockup <laughs> we're all good now and
0: then she was like what is this dude doing here you know like man that's such an intense moment that you can read about uh in the new edition of the book uh, when, when you went to the book reading that day, did you tell the people who yeah, came about what I happened? I did. I wow. said, you know
2: where I just came from?
0: Unbelievable. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It was uh, it was a definite uh, heavy moment. Where more jaws One I'll never forget.
0: Then, like, more jaws dropped at the book reading. Like, I just came back from this place. That you yeah, just yeah. They about. were just like,
2: what? Like, and My you're God. able to come do this? I mean, I guess that speaks a little bit to the therapy of how i worked on myself through Mm -hmm. the writing and everything else i've been doing over the years to you know heal from all of that you know and the aftermath that followed you Mm -hmm. know
0: there's one line from the book that really stood out to me about your process of writing the book and how it helped you Uh, You said, the process of writing this book is a form of therapy for me, and if I don't spill my guts, all my guts, my healing won't be complete. Yeah. Now, when you were sitting down and writing this book all those years ago, uh, was there a level of detail that you felt like you needed to hit to spill your guts properly?
2: Uh, Yeah, because there were certain things that I wanted to overlook, which was... uh, Yes what those older dudes in the foster home did to us yes you know the sexual abuse stuff was something i never told nobody and uh i kept getting to it and i would just have these breakdowns you know at my computer and i would just like you know just uncontrollably uh uncontrollable emotion and crying you know it was just and then i would uh skip over it and not and be like i can't put this shit in there it's a you know i mean it's embarrassing that people do that kind of shit to you but through the process of uh talking with certain people i realized that's part of the story you know yeah to leave it out is uh it's cheating the audience in a way of uh and cheating myself of working on myself of the full experience And uh, You know Being as it was You know Something I never told anybody I mean my mother didn't even know Nobody knew oh, One of my wow. brothers even denied it And then Cause he's You know it's like Oh that didn't happen And then my other brother was like Ma That shit happened mm. And then She was like Said to him like You know you need to come clean. And he just was like, I don't want to talk about it. So, you know, to me, I was like, it was part of the experience of writing the book. You had to, um, you know, kind of cleanse your soul of that stuff. And that was my therapy. I didn't go to any kind of therapist or drug program or anything. That book was what did it. You know,
0: do you feel the residing effects of having written that book as a means of self-therapy do you feel the residing effects of that today even just 10 years later after releasing the thing
2: absolutely i i, I mean i did this podcast in uh kona for when i was there to do the iron man and mm. It's an emotional thing anyway because, like, I waited all those years to try to do that. My friend died, like, three days before I left for Hawaii. He relapsed into addiction and, you know, I helped this guy get sober and he fell down the stairs in the subway and hit his head and was in a coma and, and died. And then, like, you know, we were just going over the talking about the process of everything and i just lost my shit like i you know it was it was you know it's still it's still uh you know raw to this day you know mm-hmm. but it's a different way of dealing with it. i'm not gonna have destructive behavior about it you know i went and uh you know did an exceptional hard race and conquered my demons that way it's the, it, i mean kona Ironman is like it's the hardest one day uh endurance event on the planet so that's how i work out my demons you know my coach orion mims is like we're all running for shit mm-hmm. and facing it and that's why we we do this thing that we do you know so uh you know, like I said, it's uh, it's a day-to-day process.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I don't myself. Uh, I actually I run, uh, like, Tough mutters and Spartan races and stuff, obviously not quite the same degree of difficulty as an Ironman. Uh, for those of you who don't know the specific details of the Ironman, it starts with a 2.4-mile swim followed by a 112-mile bike ride and then a marathon ride run absolutely insane i think a tough mutter the the longest one is like 10 to 12 mile runs with like 20 plus obstacles but like still difficult but i couldn't even imagine doing one of these yeah like, well and it's it's like an all-day thing too. yeah
2: i mean my first one i played a show the night before with the Crowmags. this is hardcore and I had to drive back and do that shit on no sleep after playing a show Unbelievable. with a broken bone in my foot Oh. and uh and 96 degrees august day and uh, you know it was thir- took me 13 hours but i wasn't gonna be denied you know it's a certain uh certain mindset it takes and, mm-hmm. and i'm not great at Ironman, but it's a discipline so it teaches me to be disciplined in all the other areas of my life discipline to write this everything takes discipline sure you know so uh that's that's uh what separates the talkers from the doers, man. A lot of people talk a lot of shit and say this and that and I just uh try to let the actions speak, you know.
0: I mean, I remember uh speaking of competing when you're injured. I mean, learning about yourself when you're doing that, I remember the last Tough mutter I did. It was like a almost 100-degree day, and there was <coughs> uh, like a 45-degree pyramid thing that people were helping each other up, and it's super slippery, and you're holding people on your shoulders trying to get them up this thing. And my legs buckled at one point, and we all slid down, and I smashed my tailbone on the bottom of this thing with two people crashing on top of me. thought I had broken my tailbone in like mile four. And could barely walk, and still, I was just like, I, I'm here. Like, I've trained for this thing. I've got to finish it. Luckily, I didn't break my tailbone, but for three weeks still, I couldn't sit after that. Yeah. Like, it's unbelievable. Like, when you find the will within yourself to get through something that insane, it really does teach you a lot about life. Because, to me, when I'm running those things, it, it sort of mimics the... Uh, getting through the pain of just living it's like you have no choice yeah you just have to keep going and it, it also
2: proves you know we're we're much more uh capable than what we think we are yeah uh you know i i have been on the like i said the the uh, rich roll podcast a bunch of times and one of the most amazing podcasts he had on there was david goggins the they call him, like, my friend's a SEAL, and he's like, that guy's fucking next level. Wow. And he talked about how even when we reach what we think is our peak, we've actually only used 40% of our ability. Yeah. So it's a mental, it's a mental thing. And uh, in the back of my last book, Me Pussies," I put mental toughness training tips, and that's really what it's all about because – there's a lot of people that come in physically fit and then when the mental challenges they start, break. they break. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, you have to be mentally uh, tough, you know. And I think that's, you know, evolution of a Cro-Magnon is, um, there's a lot of examples of some tough mental people in there and then people that who weren't, you know, that caved under pressure. And that was something I was doing a lot too, you know, back in the day. so yeah.
0: I know one thing that helps me get through those uh, those long runs and just the training and and actually doing those big events is that for me, I get to a point where I realize I need to let go of the idea of feeling comfortable. A lot of people sacrifice what may make them better for the sake of comfort. And I know I have a lot of anger towards people that has to do with you know choosing comfort over all else when you're doing these runs do you find yourself in a space where you're just like i'm dying in pain you know i'm burning up right now but i need to let go of taking that you know personally in a way well
2: you know like they say in the marines you gotta embrace the suck man (sighs) you know so i don't uh I personally enjoy the pain, believe it or not. I know that it's purification. So uh, I know it's part of the whole uh, test to push through. You always hit. You know, when you come off the bike and it's 112, you just did 112 miles and swam almost two and a half miles, and then you're like, oh, shit. Like, if you start getting in the transition tent thinking, I got to run a fucking marathon now. Yeah. So I just keep it light, crack jokes, you know, uh, put the grease, what needs greasing, and and get on my, my, my you know, compression kit and get out the tent as quick as possible if you give your mind, I'm writing a book right now all about PMA and yeah. positive mental attitude and it's, uh, you know, like I, if you give your mind even one crack to, to you know, destroy you, it will.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, yeah, I, you know, you have to have your mantras going in your head nonstop and, uh you know, it's not just the racing, it's the writing, it's 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 everything, uh, you know, like uh, even working on this last album or going through and trying to update this uh, evolution of a Cro-Magnon, I mean, there's always going to be a test of what desire, what you desire. There's, there's uh, you know, that's the job of Maya or illusion is to take you away from the goal that you've uh the path you know it's the it's the process of weeding out the bugs like they said when I was in the military Mm -hmm. you know you can hide a little bit but we're gonna find you and we're gonna weed out the bugs if you ain't supposed to be here you're gonna get exposed so it's that constant process of uh you know chanting those mantras in your head and then staying uh focused
0: you were in the Navy right yeah I was in the Navy, Navy. so you went through hell week
2: nah I didn't go through hell week Ooh, I got okay. hurt before that yeah
0: jeez yeah yeah I, but I imagine I that. did like
2: preconditioning and uh I mean I went came out of lockup and uh I was very physically fit I boxed and lifted weights and ran and did all that stuff So when I went into boot camp, they made me like the company uh, command, the company uh, training person, which for all the other guys, yeah. Wow. And uh, and then they, you know, the preliminary tests and to get into buds, and then the preconditioning, and I hurt my uh, my leg, and it just wasn't meant to be, you know. And I told my friend, I was like, you know, I always think about, you know, what. If, if that didn't happen and I would have been able to finish and do what he's like, that wasn't your path, bro. Mm. Like, you know, to hear these, somebody like that say that I inspired him to do what he's doing and, you know, showed him a lot of stuff. I went to the premiere of his film. Uh, he was in Act of Valor and uh, he's like introducing me, like, yo, this is the guy that took me to the. Yoga centers and all this other shit. I'm like, dude, I like look up to you like, you know, this dude's like incredible. And uh, yeah, I mean, everything happens for a reason. My path would have been completely different um, had the military thing worked out. But it, it didn't. I was a mess. I was taking drugs and, you know, all kinds of stuff, so. It was, uh, you know, I had some bad stuff go down even in the Navy in Norfolk, so.
0: Yeah.
2: But lucky I met the Bad Brains, you know, and uh, that was the turning point for me in my life.
0: Especially with uh, when it comes to PMA. Like, yeah. I like HR, you know. Uh, yeah. Maybe the most important, like, <laughs> philosophical aspect of punk rock ever, even more than, I would say even more than Straight Edge oh hell yeah straight edge those dudes
2: most of those guys fucking turned to drugs and did all kinds of shit yeah it's like where are they now type thing but you know if you don't get into something for the right reason it comes back to desire again Mm. and i just wrote this section in my book i'm like um change a section called changing your world and it's you have that ability, but what is? Why are you trying to do what you're doing? What's is it out of ego, or do you really want to change your life? Mm. Because if it's out of ego, it's not going to last. That's only going to get you a certain uh, to a certain place in your life. If the desire is not pure, then the other stuff will manifest and take you away. That's why Prabhupada always said, don't be surprised at the ones that go. Be surprised at the ones that stay. Because mm-hmm. that's, you know, the real test. And, I mean, although HR, he took that off from Napoleon Hill.
0: Write that book.
2: I mean, he put it in his own uh, vernacular, so to speak. Yeah. And put it in the song Attitude and filtered it down through the punk rock. And that's what I've done too, in my own way, through Absolutely. my writing, through the music. I'm putting, I'm doing a book on PMA. It's like a daily uh, guide how to achieve not just short-term but long-term positive mental attitude. With that, you can't be stopped in anything that you do. And that's the difference between Those that quit and those that push through. They have that in their arsenal. It's to stay positive, you know, under any and all circumstances and work through the stuff rather than, you know, falling apart, which the pressure is what defines character. Yes. You know, anybody could say anything. Let's see what happens when we tighten the screws on that person and see what they're doing then, you know. I mean, I think Florida Ironman, this freak storm rolled in. It was 38 degrees. This freak front, everybody got caught out there, myself included. I met, They canceled the swim. I made the whole bike. Thirty mile an hour winds, freezing temperatures, and I got a short sleeve shirt and shorts, compression, putting plastic bags that I found on the road inside my thing to try to keep warm. And then I made it halfway through the run, and I got hypothermic. I was throwing up and dizzy, and the they medical people were like, "That's it, you're done." And I was like. I was like, you know what, I am done. But that was my error. You know, I had a chance at T two between the bike and run to run to my hotel and get sweatpants and do whatever, and I chose not to. So the first person I emailed was my boy, who's a CEO, and I he was in he was in uh, the Middle East, you know, going wow. th- doing shit. Yeah. And he took the time to write me back and told me this whole story about um, when he went to Bud's and he got, uh, like, ended up in the hospital and almost died and pushed through and, you know, told me, like, hey, man, you fucked up. You weren't prepared. You didn't check the weather. You didn't. And he's like, you need to get back on the horse and right you know. So I signed up for Cozumel, which was, three weeks away and i went down there and pr hmm. set a personal record so that Great. was rather than you know even doing the blood clot record i went out to california to do the super frog the navy seal half Ironman, man oh, yeah, yeah. and i tore my calf probably about two weeks before training in the sand it just tightened and then in, I tried to run like 15 miles in Central Park the next day and it just. So I got out to L.A. and I stayed off it and I figured, all right, let me test it. I tried to do a three mile run and it was shot. And my uh, guy that does the sports medicine stuff for me was like, if you run on that, you know, you risk tearing your uh, Achilles. So I had to bail on the race. Yeah. So trying to turn adversity into something positive, I called up Todd Youth, and I was like, yo, we've been talking about doing these songs. I was like, yo, I'm not doing the race. Let's, uh, you know, get these songs. So we went in and demoed it, five songs. We ended up getting a record deal. And then I asked to have a meeting with uh, guys from ICM, Howie Tannenbaum, for some pilot stuff I wrote and they met with me and they're like, hey, we want to represent you. So, uh, and I mean, he signed Vince Gilligan that did Breaking Bad. So, I mean, wow, he's okay. like top level. Yeah. You know, and I just tried to turn, you have to try to turn an adverse situation into something positive. And that's what PMA is about. You know, it's daily practice. like, all right, this is a test. I got to push through. I got to make something, you know. When you come from the background I come from, it's always about making something out of nothing. Yeah. That's what punk rock was too. We didn't, we live, you know, I was living in a burnt out fucking building, like for real shit. Like what, you know, so trying to turn the situation around. That's what it's about.
0: Yeah, even if it takes a, a little bit of time to do that. Uh, when uh, does the Pma book come out it's supposed to come out this year right
2: uh yeah I mean i'm uh i'm I got a little bit more to do and then uh gonna shop it around there's a couple okay. you know book labels that I'm interested in that does these type of books so
0: okay sort of is it like self-help type? Uh, someone's someone's using a blender in the kitchen Sorry. is that what that is that's a blender holy yes. shit crushing what ice. are they fucking blending <laughs> fucking nuts and bolts yeah marbles in there uh like
2: um yeah i guess it would be for lack of a better term a self-help kind of thing yeah. but i just see so many people i've been working on it for two years and now with everything that's going down people are losing their shit over trump or losing their yeah. shit over this or whatever and it's like man just step back and take a deep breath, man. You know, it could always be worse. Sure. And it was like one of the examples that I say in the book was like, you know, as bad as we think we got it. I watched this guy, The other, like, I don't know, it was about a year ago, and he had cerebral palsy and he had to walk down the street with a walker. Mm-hmm. And he was smiling, and it was like it took him so long just to make it down one block. Shit, we take for granted in life, our health. We take being alive for granted. You got, that's why every day I wake up, I give, as the rosters say, thanks and praises to the Most High because, you know, even taking a breath the next morning is is a gift, and you got to see it that way. Instead of being like, oh, my life sucks, you know, I have a couple of friends that I know, and I just have to distance myself from that because I just posted something, and I was like, I hate for to say it, but it's like it's it, it's a term referred to as an asshole. <laughs> you ask me my advice, and I tell you, and you do the exact opposite thing time and time again. It's like I'm telling you how to beat this situation and you keep asking me but you do the opposite of what I'm telling you then after a period of time you know I'm gonna not take the time to try to tell you what, what's up you know you gotta and it was like that for me too people offered me the advice but if you know it's, it's, it's very bettering yourself is a very scientific process in that you have a formula, you apply it, and you get a result. So that's what bhakti yoga teaches you too. You don't change the formula, you know, thinking, oh, I know better. And that's the problem with, I mean, I was like that for years. I know better than what somebody else, you know, some master of yoga or martial arts or whatever is going to teach me. But that's just false ego. You know, mm-hmm. and you have to let that go, and realize like that's why when you walk into a dojo, you 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 say, "Please teach me." I you know, I'm yeah. fool number one. If you don't come with some humility, you're gonna learn humility very quick the hard way. Yeah. So, uh, you know, but just certain people just keep constantly. It's called chewing the chewed, man. You you know, it's like taking a piece of sugar cane that's been through the, the mill and it's just dry straw and you you keep trying to chew it and get some pleasure, some taste out of it, some sweetness. And you keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over. You know, and that goes to the three classes of intelligence. The first class intelligence is somebody tells me not to do something, I don't do it. You know, okay, you tell you told me don't do this. I can see you're a very wise person. I'll take your advice. Then the second class is we have to get burned touching the flame and then, okay, I won't do it next time. And the third class is we keep constantly touching the flame and getting burnt. So I kind of fall in between the second and third one too. Sure, yeah. As most of us... uh will uh, probably if we're honest admit to we do things constantly that give us the same results so hopefully at this point in my life i've learned i know i've learned that in certain aspects of my career musically all right dealing with these people ain't gonna work so just keep moving forward
0: yeah you know uh so last question for you before you got to get out of here How's uh, when it comes to PMA, uh, I you know, and I'm I'm absolutely gonna pick up that book because that's uh, you know, stuff that I struggle with, but do try my hardest. Uh, how's your faith in humanity these days? Because I see on Facebook is that uh, I feel like we're all affected by a lot of stuff that we are kind of pelted by. Uh, on things like social media, because, you know, for all the positive, you know, cute animal videos that you run into on there, there's reason after reason to hate people like in general. And, um, you know, the people's impact on the planet, things that have to do with the food industry, you know, just a human's negative impact on the planet. How is your faith in humanity at the moment?
2: I mean, I, I... I kind of think that 95 percent of the population you know work from the center of good and when they learn and educate then same as i did they'll they too will change because uh i mean i get letters all the time and people write emails i shouldn't even say letters nobody fucking does that but i get emails and all kinds of stuff you know, that the book re- books help them a lot and the stuff I talk about, and uh, which is something of substance because there's a lot of dumbing down and there's also a lot of... Uh, I like to say it's kind of a magician stuff like distracting you away from the real substances sure. of life and a lot of bullshit on social media, so... You know, I think most people operate from a good place in life. Uh, Most people, and Prabhupada said that too. He said most people are innocent. They just don't know better. Mm. Uh, I don't think I was an evil person when I was doing what I was doing. You know, I just had to be educated. So I think most people, when the education is there, they have the ability to change uh, for the better. And, I mean, it's never been uh, a more crucial time to need that. uh, Right now, at this point on the planet, what's going on, you know, with the environment and just people's health and just, like, war has become the norm. War is the ill of society, but they glorify it and make... It's all the fucking posers you know, fucking Trump talking all this fucking macho bullshit. Then when a dude comes on stage, he's like, "Ugh, <laughs> he's you know, it's fucking yeah. bullshit." You talk to people that been to war, man. They're gonna tell you a different story. They're not glorifying it. It's horrific, you know. That's why, you know, we used the image that we used on on, on the record, up in arms. You know, you got to see what the result of all this stuff is. Go to a slaughterhouse, go see what you're eating. Go see how your food is produced. Go to the cancer ward where people are dying of lung cancer from smoking cigarettes. You know, everyone wants to not be reminded of of the ramification of the what what they're doing is going to have certain uh, reactions you know Mm -hmm. they don't want to think about that and i think you have to that's a sign of in sign of intelligence is that you start questioning things you know that's where the light came on with me and i think most people that uh you know find out what the real deal is they they start to change themselves you know I just read this whole, I just read an article about th- this Irish actress and, you know, she always kind of argued with her friends about killing animals and and, and, and being okay. vegetarian. Her friends were trying to convince her and she was on the highway and saw a bunch of animals headed to the slaughterhouse and looked in their eyes and was like, they're just in fear and they don't know what's going to happen to them but she's like this is their life is over in the next 12 hours they're going to be fucking dead mm-hmm. and she broke down crying she went home and told her family we have to make a decision and this decision is that this family's not going to eat animals anymore and uh you know i think social media can be used for good too You know, look at all the positive things that's come out of people getting together, uniting under a certain cause. That's good, you know. Rallying to stop bullying or... See, me, I come from a different time where if somebody bullied me, I would put a pipe across their fucking face. Yeah. But not everybody has that. Definitely not today. Yeah, and when people are committing suicide because you're picking on them that's why when i see people picking on people i'm like yo stop that shit or i'm gonna flip the script on you in a minute Mm -hmm. and if i bully you you're gonna be sorry leave the fucking kid alone or all the other causes that's you know going on uh with the african-american communities uh across across america and seeing every life is matters. Every life is equal, you know? So there's a lot of good that can be done through social media too. And, um, when it's used for gossiping and negativity, man, uh, if I see people posting that type of shit, I fucking delete them and blocking them. I don't want to fucking hear from them. There's nothing good coming from that person. I just ignore them. And, uh, you know that's what I've uh, been doing, and I think you know it's a lot easier for social change through different mediums of Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all that kind of stuff. So
0: that's how I use it. Yeah, John, thanks so much Thank for you down man. with me today. I really, really appreciate your time, man. Same so, here. Yeah, you can grab uh, Evolution of a Chromagnon. In any bookstore, uh, but you can also grab it online. Get that new chapter. It's a great, great piece. Can of Can I just say one thing? If Please. anybody
2: wants to keep up on what's going on in the charity, I'm racing Kona again this year for the for Alexander Owens. You can go to my Instagram page. The website is there on my homepage. It's uh, John Joseph Cromag uh, on Instagram. And uh, kick down some money for the family. They're going through a lot. And, you know, let's uh, keep that PMA.
0: Yes, absolutely. Do that if you can. Uh, Blood Clot, look out for that new record this summer. Yes, July 14th. July 14th, up in arms, everybody. John Joseph, everyone. Thank you, man. And there he goes, John Joseph. What a great guest. Making my job easy. (laughs) Way, way too easy. You just pitch him a question and he will go on and on with uh, an amazing response that you just want to sit back and absorb, you know. From a guy who I'm always looking to better myself and find myself in a better mental space, listening to him talk and just looking into his eyes while he's explaining, you know, his outlook on life to you, You know, I'm definitely going to pick up that PMA book once it's released. Hope it comes out soon, uh, along with that blood clot record. Thank you, everybody, so much for tuning in to another episode of the Loudwire Podcast. Please subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a five-star rating, a nice comment, if you would be so kind. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Leave a nice comment there, too. Uh, Hit us up on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. You can follow me, uh, Twitter, at gram wire you can follow joe on instagram at ice Nerve shatter make sure you do that thank you so much everyone we've got awesome guests lined up for you in the very near future so keep your ears open and we'll see you next time